This show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to versustheuniverse.com. That's vstheuniverse.com. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies, trying to find something worth our time, and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? I'm Matt Peters, and with me, as always, is Dave Martin. Dave, how you, how you doing, man? I'm terrible. Life is awful. When did you oh, become wait, no. Eeyore? What is going on? <laughs> A horse stepped on my foot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would give anybody a bad day for sure. (laughs) All right, man. So we got an action-packed episode for you guys today. But of course, as always, we want to give a little love to our friends over at Versus the Universe. They put us on. They make it possible for us to come to you guys episode after episode, tell you what movies you should look out for. They have the most wonderful patreon going on consistently the best patreon in the world you want to get in there give them some cash let them keep this pirate ship afloat you won't regret it it's delightful they do a lot of really cool things that are a lot of fun at the geek show it was a really solid show i really enjoyed it i think it's probably the best one they've had so far in my opinion but anyway it was the Muppet edition, and they brought in they brought in the hecklers. It was great. Oh man, yeah. If you folks weren't there, and it was a packed crowd, it sold out very quickly this time around. But if you folks didn't get a chance to check it out, by all means, like keep an eye out for the videos on the YouTube channel. I know that Aaron Crew did a very special intro that was a substantial nod to the uh, most recent. Muppet movie, well, the second most recent Muppet movie, where they made their big comeback, and I know it was a big production. Why? Because I was in the video for a split second. I I, I make that cameo. I'm I'm like the the Stan Lee of Versus Universe, except I didn't create anything. (laughs) Except for this show. But there was dancing. There was dancing. Man, don't talk about that. Let's let's move on from that. Oh, we will talk about that. And <laughs> once once it's posted, I will make sure I back that up in triplicate so <laughs> that uh, there'll be much blackmail fodder for years to come. Wow. The first thing you asked me, the first thing after the video was over, you lean over, you go, is this going to be online? I'm like, no, never, ever, <laughs> never going to be online. It's getting buried. This is the only showing. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not true. Anyway... On with our show, let's get right into the meat of today's episode. Just like an amazing sword that slices through bodies in ancient times. The movie is Brotherhood of Blades. <laughs> yes, you, you know, when you're describing sword slicing through things, for some reason what popped into my head was, uh, what was it, Arthur Dent sandwich making? Um, when he finally finds his role in the world in... Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, my mind actually flashed to a um, an unfortunate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles GameCube game that came out based on the 2003 version of Ninja Turtles, where Leo oh. would yell out "slice and dice" every time he did his move. 
which was every couple of seconds. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, it's just, that, that haunts me to this day. I, I would just quit playing as Leo. You, you should have play, been playing as Mikey anyway. That's always the, the obvious choice for a TMNT game. Well, no, I take that back. The most obvious choice for any TMNT game because of the sheer range is Donnie. It's Don, yes. You gotta go with Donnie every time. Even if he's not your favorite turtle, you get that extra like you know hitbox of buffer there. Even on the really crappy original NES Ninja Turtles, he had that cool like you know, little those slide. Were amazing. Move. <laughs> well, the first one not so much. Not so much. The that second one. That was painful. That yeah. was. Yeah. 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 But that's not what our show is about today. We're talking about <laughs> Brotherhood of Blades. So now the question is: Are we talking about this other stuff because we're stalling because the movie was awful, or just because we get sidetracked really easily? Will let you be the judge. For those who are listening uh, consistently, you already know the answer to that question. But yeah, let's get right into it. So, Dave, we always tell us. Topic. Yes, that's right. Always. Dave, tell us about Brotherhood of Blades. Set towards the end of the Ming Dynasty, when a young emperor decides to end the influence of the powerful eunuch Wei and purge his supporters, three lowly cash-strapped warriors from the Imperial Assassins are caught in the midst of intrigue, corruption, betrayal, and lots and lots of swords. Directed by Yang Lu, starring Chen Cheng, uh, who you might have seen in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Don Shui Li, and Qian Wan Wang. And I probably mangled each and every one of those names. You can all commence the laughter at me now. The film was nominated for five Golden Horse Awards and did win Best Costume Design, which was pretty cool because the costumes were awesome in this movie. They were awesome. That is correct. And yeah, I guess we should just put an overall disclaimer on this episode and um, just kind of put it out there. We don't speak Mandarin at all. So any butchering of these names or phrases that will be brought up, we sincerely do apologize. We love you guys uh, who do speak Mandarin. And by all means, rake us over the coals. Give us uh, an impromptu lesson if need be. We're going to do our best to do it justice. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're basically trying to build a house with a rock right now. Well, you know, speak for yourself. I speak fluent Mandarin. I, I learned from the Firefly Crash Course at Serenity University. and So that, that Mandarin came in really handy during your time in Chile, right? Yes. Ah, okay. Yes, indeed. Right, gotcha. Right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. So let's chop it up about the movie. What What is what is your first impression about the film, man? The, the intro was really jarring. Yes. So I'm used to, I mean, I guess it's typical American movies usually have the good guys versus the bad guys. Even if your main protagonists are rogues or scoundrels, they're usually likable or you, you root for them. The intro to this, it suggested that, hey, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. And then you quickly realize, no, no. I'm not sure that there are good guys in this. <laughs> I'm not sure they really want us rooting for any of them. Um, right. It is a historical movie, and so I, I guess it kind of makes sense given um, all the corruption at the time. But it was a little jarring to get into, but once I got into it, I got better from there. Yeah, as, as always, with movies that have subtitles, it takes a couple of seconds for me to really get into. I think the first movie that really hooked me on the concept that subtitles can be fun, and it's not just for stuffy old French films, French foreign films, just French films, you know, like black and white love stories and that sort of thing, was really when I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon for the first time. That that changed my world, man. I, I think, yeah, I would have had to have seen that 
either before or pretty close to the Matrix as far as like, you know, action uh, martial arts type movies go. Yeah, and they, they really did share a lot in common as far as the uh, the type of action that was displayed on the screen uh, with the wire work and with the uh, the fighting styles and everything like that. And of course, just the uh, the overall vibe of, of the films themselves. I'm, I'm kind of grasping at straws here trying to uh, relate <laughs> to my favorite action flicks. But what it comes down to is this. You can really tell that this movie took place in a post Crouching Tiger world, a post-Matrix world, even a post-Kill Bill world, because it really drew heavily uh, from a lot of those films, which admittedly are derivative of the films that came before them. Um, but they, they did bring a lot of uh, techniques uh, to the forefront. I mentioned Wire Fu a little bit, and that was definitely on full display with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You know, the, the slow motion techniques and filming styles of the certain camera angles that the Wachowskis used in The Matrix, uh, which they were influenced by various, um, you know, old martial arts films, that was on display here as well. And of course, the distinct color schemes that were at play that's drawn heavily from Kill Bill, which, again, drew heavily from the movies that came before it. It was beautiful to look at. I really enjoyed the cinematography. I enjoyed the costuming, as you mentioned already. There's so much here to love. The only thing that I really didn't love was having to look down at the subtitles every now and then. But, <laughs> and this is a frequent thing with us, we always comment about the subtitles because I like to make sure I'm getting it right and everything. These subtitles are pretty spot on. And I'm sure that plays a big part in the fact that it is, you know, strictly in Mandarin that they wanted to get the subtitles right. But I really didn't notice that many issues with it. You know, you mentioned the uh, the cinematography. It really was a beautiful film. And there were, especially in the beginning, I noticed uh, there were some action scenes. You know how in Daredevil they usually have like the uh, long fight scenes in the hallway where it's all a single shot? Oh, yeah. They had a couple of those in here, too, where where the main character was like jumping over fences or walls and doing this long scene and it was all one camera shot and it was pretty impressive how it done especially for a relatively low budget movie <laughs> it was so cool and it's great that you mentioned that because that was something i wanted to, to hit on too there was a certain move that was done near the beginning of the movie where the main character did something that was superhuman he kept going and it's almost like he looked back at the camera to be like y'all see that and he just turned around <laughs> and kept on running for it i'm like that is so great it was so smooth you couldn't even notice the cut but then right after that there was a little portion where you could notice that they cut away <laughs> just a little <laughs> like bit almost yeah. a reset you know but it, it still worked i thought it was beautifully done and it kept me in the moment it well let me let me rephrase that it kind of took me out of the moment about you know just just seeing how cool it was <laughs> like wow they really got that right you know but no it was it, it played well it played well so uh, i'm a horrible person i'm gonna slightly derail this to go back for a second you were talking about subtitles yes and comparing it to other subtitle things so and also going to talk about the muppets this morning uh before my kids <laughs> went to school we were watching um some muppet videos on youtube cool and they like they love the swedish chef's popcorn video ah okay so do yourself a favor everyone who's listening and go to youtube and search swedish chef popcorn and turn on the subtitles <laughs> you will thank me trust me you will thank me i have to do this this has to happen and we're gonna put this on the facebook page and people who haven't listened to this episode yet are gonna wonder why but it's gonna make sense but you guys you're, you're hearing it here first <laughs> but yeah 
it was well shot, which has been a, a common theme among a lot of the movies we've looked at. Surprisingly, you know, there's stuff we haven't heard of, but a lot of them have been really impressively done, uh, at least in terms of cinematography. And this was no slouch. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's funny because, you know, my the primary source, and it's, uh, it's slightly embarrassing to say this, my primary source of Chinese history of, of that era is from a game that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, which, ironically, D is playing right now, which is uh, Dynasty Warriors. Uh, <laughs> as, as madcap as that game is, as, as just silly as it's gotten over the generations and the sequels and everything, it does actually teach you a little bit about the Three Kingdoms. Koi has been pretty adamant about keeping the majority of the history intact. Of course, they give you different branching options that you can go with in the game. If you haven't played Dynasty Warriors, if you're not a, a gamer or anything like that, basically it's it's a, it's a one versus a thousand type of game where you are in the middle of a crowd of guys and you have a big weapon and you're swinging around and you're trying to take out as many as possible uh, without getting too hurt yourself and you're trying to go around this map as an army general trying to um, make sure that your side wins, basically just taking over all the enemy camps as you play. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people uh, can't get with it, but I, I love it. And that's why <laughs> it, it, it made me want to like dig a little bit deeper into these characters who are actual historical figures and find out what they're really about. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's the cool thing about, um, you know, movies that happen or even, even fictional films that happen in a time period from long ago you get to kind of dig a little bit deeper and find out uh, certain things that you normally wouldn't. And that's what I, that's what I love about movies like this. It's like you, you learn something new beyond just the, the action that you're seeing on screen, which is also cool. So, Well, and with, with that in mind, it, it is an action movie, but it's also a full-fledged period piece. They, they put the effort in on that part. And so even if you're not interested in a bunch of swordplay, there's still something for you as well. Definitely, definitely. So it sounds like we've basically gotten to the wall of how much we can talk about without giving our take on the film. And I think folks can pretty much read it by now. So let's go ahead and give the breakdown of the rating scale. So we start with, of course, Toxic Sluts, bottom of the barrel. Not good stuff, man. It's just useless, nasty type movies. You've, you've heard us talk about them before. Uh, hazardous. We don't recommend it, but, you know, if you're really hurting and your internet's out and that's the only DVD you have, sure, why not? Reusable. You may enjoy this. It's a movie that could have a cult following, and, uh, you know, we don't, we don't really recommend it as our first choice, but it's not a bad film. And then, of course, the much-coveted Treasure rating, which is a movie that we can't believe didn't get an Academy Award and didn't get a lot more publicity. So these are your ratings, folks. Dave, what do you give this one? That is a good question. I thought this was overall a solid movie. The acting, the cinematography, the costumes, the action, I thought it was good. Yeah. In some ways, it's also kind of forgettable, so I, I, I'm going to have to go with Reusable on this one myself. Okay, that's fair. And I'm going to go with Reusable as well. Maybe not for the same reason, but just because it didn't really stick the landing. I feel like it started out very strong. There was a lot of meat right there at the beginning. But as the story went on, it seemed like it just kind of tripped over its own feet and forgot what it was. So 
It's not that I forgot it. It's that the film itself forgot what it was. <laughs> but I give it a reusable because overall, I'm not mad that I watched it. It was a good movie. It just wasn't the best movie. Two solid reusables. And so now we can get on into the spoiler section. That's right, folks. If you haven't seen this film, and I recommend that you do, stop the show right now and go watch the movie. Maybe play it along with the with the movie. And uh, no, no, there's no way we're going to be able to do like a riff tracks. No, 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 no. We got like maybe 10, 20 minutes left in this. Anywho, <laughs> uh, pause now, watch the film, and come on back because we got a lot to tell you about. And we're back. <laughs> Are you? That was fast. <laughs> so, yeah, man. All right. Let's get down to the nitty gritty here. So the beginning of the film, I enjoyed the fact that we got right down to some action right out the gate. They didn't pause. They didn't stop. They just gave you the action. They knew what you were there for. They're like, look, you're watching a movie called Brotherhood of Blades. You want to see some sword play, and boy, did they deliver. Yeah, there was no waiting whatsoever. Um, again, it was disorienting for me, like, oh, I thought these were the good guys, and I thought they were incredibly powerful. They're a bunch of wusses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, that's, yeah, I guess that's one criticism I could give the film, too. Like, they didn't really give you anybody to root for. Just when you think, okay, this guy, he's going to have a change of heart, he's going to have a conscience, it's like, nah, he's kind of set in his ways. That first scene, there were going back to that. Yeah, that part where he just looked, sort of gave that wry smile to the camera. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was cool, but it was so obvious. Like <laughs> he's proud of himself right now. <laughs> let's let's also let's also touch on the fact that these assassins were like the loudest assassins I've ever heard when they were trying to sneak up on old boy, trying to kill him in the very first scene. I heard every single footfall on that deck, on that back porch. As soon as they hopped on there, it was like, oh, wait, hey, there's a team of assassins here. <laughs> it might as well have been Landshark. They <laughs> forgot to change into his sneaking shoes. I guess so, man. I mean, they just I guess maybe they wanted him to know, like, look, we're coming to kill you. This is what you deserve. If, if it's just a painless death, what's the point? You know, you want the person to be scared of you? Uh, maybe, maybe. But we got that cool, like, you know, flipping out wire foo scene because dude got away for, for a quick second. So we had that at least. They did a good job of setting the tone for the film, you know, just as far as like, hey, it's an action movie, lots of swords, lots of cool stuff going on. I mean, literally within the first two minutes, somebody's pulling the sword out of the scabbard. So it's like, yes, this is what this film is about. I want nothing but swords. And we got nothing but swords the whole time. Big swords, little swords, guys with two swords. Yeah. Guys who couldn't pull their sword out of the scabbard. We got a little bit of everything. <laughs> he had a little bit of ED going on there. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he needed some ginseng for that one. Uh, <laughs> or so I've heard. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll set you back a few tales. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I wanted to root for somebody. I think the only character that I really got with, oh my God. <laughs> I can't think of one. I can't even think of one. You know, I would say, let me, well, uh, I mean, there was corruption everywhere. The one guy that was kind of likable was uh, Lu Shan Ching, who was kind of the leader of the three. He wasn't the main character among them. The The film was primarily following Shen. Yeah. Um, Sir Shen, but uh, he seemed like the most honorable of the three. But, you know, he was still ready to pay the bribes when they needed to be paid. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of... Um... It's kind of uh, similar to Sons of Anarchy 
in that way where it's like they're all despicable people but at least he was about the brotherhood he was about being there for his guys making sure everybody like made it home at the end of the day like as they were fighting a lot of the time he'd be the one that said okay let's get this over with so we can go get drunk so yeah he just (laughs) wanted to be with his homies well and he was the one too that like he wasn't the one who who took the took the bribe right spoilers (laughs) but he basically trusted his guys even when they were being their integrity was being challenged and once it was found out he tried to cover them as best he could and then once it was too late he basically sacrificed himself for the others that's true that's true there was a lot of sacrifice in this film there was also a lot of bleeding from the mouth uh it seemed like they kept going back to that trope of you know big fight happens the two combatants go to the opposite sides of you know whatever the arena is at the time and then one of them ultimately kind of like falls to a knee and starts to bleed from the mouth i want to say they did like, like three times at least at least yeah yeah i mean there was one character that seemed like he was like sick he was he was yes. dealing with consumption or something like that to where the point where he was just coughing blood anyway so i'm not even counting that i'm counting the face-offs, the the big quick punches and slashes, and then the bleeding from the mouth, saying, oh no, I'm actually more hurt than I'm letting on. Well, you know, if they're going to go with a bleeding from somewhere trope, at least it's not the whole nosebleed when you see an attractive girl. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness that didn't come up. But that's almost as bad as the CG blood that we were exposed to. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that CG or was that just like sprayed from a nozzle or something? Or yeah, I mean, at first I thought, okay, maybe there's some type of censorship thing going on here, and they went back and re-edited it for international audiences. But no, because in that first scene that we kept on harping on, the guy gets stabbed in the arm, and you see the blood, like real actual blood, not real actual blood, but, you know, uh, movie synthetic blood, running through the table, dripping onto the floor in a big nasty blood puddle. But then they go back and do the CG blood in the fights after that. I was, I was, yeah, I wasn't impressed with that. But there was a lot of it. There was a lot of it. <laughs> there was a lot of it to the point where... Um, <laughs> Our guy, uh, after right before he took the bribe, and he stopped fighting, the camera cut away. He's clean-faced. He's just had no blood on him whatsoever. They cut back. All of a sudden, he's dirty. He's got dried-up cake blood all over his face now. It's like, come on. Like, he just went over to one of the puddles and just said, oh, I got to look dirty for this. Hold on. Let me put this on here. Okay. All right. Now, let's go. <laughs> Good times. Yep. 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 yep, yep. I-, I had failed to notice that one. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Like, the CG blood really just made me pay special attention to that sort of stuff, I guess. But yeah, the other trope that kept, well, that didn't keep popping up, but popped up anyway, was the uh, the trope of the sinister eunuch. So basically, if it's a period piece and you're in ancient times and you lose your junk, then you're going to be a bad guy. You're going to be conniving. And this guy sure was conniving. Way. Yes, yes, he was. And quite effectively for a while. Yeah, yeah, he even had a sinister laugh. That was a lot of fun. For those of you who haven't, who chose not to watch the movie, basically the the three main characters are Imperial assassins. Uh, they get sent to kill the former lead. Well, he was a eunuch. He was in power. I'm not sure if he's a full fledged emperor, but he, whatever, he was exiled from power. 
Yeah. He had a bunch of supporters. The supporters are being arrested. They were sent to kill this guy, and he offers the main character, Sir Shen, a load of money. Yeah, man. Like, everybody was talking about Silver Tail, uh, tail and everything. Everybody's talking about, oh, yeah, he had 20, 100. He is getting 400 golden tail. That's a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. It looked like um, it looked like little you know cheese nuggets though, <laughs> on the table. I don't know. Maybe I was just hungry. I don't hard know. To, hard to say no to the cheddar. That's yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, did any anything else about the movie really stand out to you as far as uh, you know the storyline goes? They set you up initially that there's a lot of cor- corruption going on, but the amount of intrigue was i thought pretty cool so like you thought you knew which direction things were going and then you realized oh that's a double betrayal yeah yeah i really do have to give credit to uh the actor uh that portrayed luzhan singh because he really you could really read his face when he was surprised by something that his brothers did like he he just looked hurt when he found out that they were on the take and everything like that he he, he looked you know fearful when he thought they were going to get found out at the big dinner party that they had and everything. Yeah, there was just so much expression, just emotion coming from him. It kind of made the movie. Yeah, it did. You know, full credit to the director, Lu Yang, because, yeah, he he really, really brought out the best in these actors. And uh, I, I'm tempted to go and find something else he's done just because, I mean, this was such a fun movie. Like, I could, I could watch a couple of these. He did this, like, his first one was My Spectacular Theater, which was releasing while he was uh, peddling the script for this. Um, and then there was Brotherhood of Blades and Brotherhood of Blades 2. Oh, he came back to direct the sequel? Yes. Nice, okay, so that's, that's something to look forward to then. And several of the actors are in it too. Spoilers, one of the characters who dies is in it <laughs> somehow i'm guessing it's flashback scenes i don't know since it only released in july i haven't seen it it doesn't appear that you know you can legally see it and even if you could it's probably not subtitled so we'll just have to wait yeah 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 i can't wait to see that one myself i mean i know that we only gave this one a you know a passable but it's it's good enough for me to like want to see the follow-up Yes, definitely. Yeah, you know, like you go to Walmart and you see those DVDs where it's like, hey, here's a movie. Here's the less successful sequel. I'm not. I'm, I'm hoping it's better than a Wayne's World 2, but, you know, I'll check it out. Well, and I think part of that is, so it's definitely good. Yes. I'm, I'm, this, what I'm about to say is not a criticism of it at all, but I like pizza. But As you, do we all. If you have pizza too often, it just, you want to have something else, anything else. And sometimes it's nice to have something that's not pizza every once in a while. And this was different, and it was good. And so it's, I mean, sometimes it's nice to get away from the pizza and have something a little different. This is this is not true. You are wrong. We are having a fight. This is a fight right now. Bring it. There is no such thing as too much pizza. I'm sorry. You are incorrect. Because there are so many different types of pizza. There's deep dish, there's thin crust, there's crustless. There's so many different types of pizza in this world. You can eat pizza every day from a different restaurant. You can make it yourself in a brick oven. You can have microwave pizza if you feel like slumming it. You can have oven-baked pizza. You can have pizza rolls. No, sir. No. There is no such thing as too much pizza. Thank you very much. 
I will add a little bit of a caveat to that. Uh, I will stick to my guns, but I will also point out, you, sir, live in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I spent the first nearly 30 years of my, well, I guess I moved around as a kid, but I spent 20 of my formative years in Nebraska. Oh, wow. There's not so many good options for pizza. I mean, there's Pizza Hut and there's Domino's, but there's uh, Valentino's, if anyone happens to be listening from Nebraska, it's not as good as you say it is. If you go to Nebraska, they'll try to tell you <laughs> that Runza is great. You, you do need to try Runza. It's, but uh, Runza just, isn't pizza. I was about but, to say shout out, shout out to that restaurant, but no, no, no. No, no like, it's they like dump gallons of sugar into their tomato sauce mix. And ah. it's, it's wrong. And that is wrong. That is wrong. I'll give, you know what? I'll give a little credit. I do like a little bit of sweet sauce every now and then. Now that, that I will admit, I love Aurelio's, but I can't eat Aurelio's every day. I had Aurelio's tonight, mind you, but I can't eat it every day. It's delicious. But once I get my fix, I'm good for like a month, maybe two. Shout out to Aurelio's. Well, at least we gave someone a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get us a free pizza, man. Listen, listen. There's nothing better than eating pizza while watching <laughs> an action film. I don't know how the two tie together. It makes no cultural sense whatsoever. But I'm telling you right now, Aurelio's is what got this movie a passable tonight. So shout-out to Aurelio. <laughs> Aurelio's proved me wrong. Yes, yes. Show me a pizza that I won't get sick of. That's right. That's right. So, oh, one more thing I want to bring up about the film, you know, kind of barrel rolling back on topic here. Um, pump action crossbows, sir. Yes. What an age we live in, or they lived in. <laughs> pump action crossbows. Pump action one-handed crossbow. Wow. Wow. They were like Nerf guns that actually shot arrows. I immediately wanted one of those after I saw that scene. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I need one. I need to see if they actually exist, first of all. And then secondly, I need to purchase one. And then you need to have your own customized bolts. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, but I need that. Yes. So that when you maim someone, everyone knows it was you. But I feel like... You know, being a secret police assassin, I wouldn't want anybody to know it was me. Fair enough. But, you know, this is probably a conversation we shouldn't be having on air anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep our maiming on the down low. Okay, that's fair. I mean, what maiming? We we don't maim. I mean, huh? yes. No, not me. <laughs> okay, I found a tutorial online. We're making this happen. Anyway, back to the film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's talk about the ending a little bit. What did you think of how the film wrapped up? Do you, do you mean like the ending to the Brotherhood or the sort of epilogue that they added on to it? I, let's let's talk about the actual ending, the kind of epilogue, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought if if you yeah, if you're gonna kill off the Brotherhood, I think that was sort of the best way to go. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Uh, so I'm I'm a sap. I'm sentimental, and I like happy endings. Sometimes I like a weird, messed-up ending. I will go on record saying that I think Frequency had too happy of an ending. You can't, <laughs> me you can't mess with time and come out smelling like roses that much. But there's too much death of the characters that I liked. 
sort of. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the guy who sort of joins the Brotherhood wasn't necessarily a guy I wanted to be in there anyway. Mm-hmm. He's just good with a sword and lonely. <laughs> good with a sword and lonely. Yeah. That pretty much sums him up. <laughs> it it could have been worse, but it also could have been much, much better, I thought. Yeah, do, do you feel like the Brotherhood had a substantial amount of blades in it? There were an ample amount of blades. Yep. There were, yep. There were blades upon blades. Yeah, like the, the guy you just mentioned, huge blade. Massive blade, it was like bigger than him. Right, he was compensating for the lack of blades up until that point. It was a huge blade. It was the blade the length of a man. Yes, it was. <laughs> You've been talking to my wife, son. <laughs> oh sorry deep brave heart yes yes it's gonna happen eventually so that's fine <laughs> so yeah man um i'm interested in seeing the sequel and i hope that based on our conversation folks get the idea that we did in fact enjoy this film because i really did like it i hope you guys did too if you watched it along with us if you haven't watched it yet i don't know why you listen to this half but watch it it's still good Yes, it's definitely worth watching. It's quality. And if nothing else, it's definitely good enough that it will make you want to see more of something like it. Yep, and it'll make you want a pump-action crossbow. (laughs) Post-haste. That's all for Brotherhood of Blades. Let's talk about what we're going to do for our next episode. I believe you have a select you want us to uh, to check out there. So I, w- I was looking at the upcoming free games on Steam. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll give a little background. So I, I play a lot of grindy games, and a lot of games now that are long-term games have microtransactions Yes. designed to help you get past the grind or to get uh, customizable apparel for your character or whatever. There's there's all sorts of games with microtransactions. Microtransaction Simulator. That's the game. Yep. Microtransaction Simulator. <laughs> Microtransaction Simulator. That's what we're going to be playing next time for Digital Dumpster Diving. The game, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't actually release until the 14th, right? Yes, I believe it was September 14th. It will be released. It's probably going to be terrible, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to, I have to play this game. Nice. Yeah, I got to play it too. I want to play it. I love microtransactions, uh, you know, when I don't have to pay for them. So, yes, <laughs> let's make this happen. Oh, I apologize to anyone who actually tries this game, but you should try it anyway because it'll put hair on your chest. That's right. We can all lament <laughs> our experience <laughs> together. <laughs> As we and, do every episode of Digital Dumpster Diving. <laughs> and if you play it and you hate it, let us know. Or if you play it and you like it, let us know. That's right. Just, just don't throw bricks. Yes, and you can always come to us to complain or compliment or recommend new games and movies for us to play that are available on streaming services or for free on steam that sort of thing um just basically everywhere you can look up digital dumpster diving or the 3d cast or both and tweet all that good stuff yeah come find us just not with torches and pitchforks no not those never those 
Well, thanks, man. It's been fun, and thanks for everybody who's uh, tuned in to listen to us ramble on about the Ming Dynasty and the many, many swords of the era. <laughs> yes, thank you, folks, for tuning in once again. We we appreciate you giving us reason to watch these fun films and talk about them, nitpick, and you know, admire them as well. All right, folks. Well, thank you once again for joining us on Digital Dumpster Diving. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. We will see you next time. It's got to be better next time. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, folks. So where I was going to go before, and I was a little too slow in the lead up, it was like, double betrayal, triple betrayal, (laughs) betrayal frenzy. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, much betrayal. So in situations like this, it, it makes me want to look up a little bit more you know of what they may be referencing that i'm not too familiar with for instance the the tail when they were uh basically exchanging money they were talking about tails and um one of one of the characters brought up that he only makes 20 tails a year when somebody else was trying to get bribed for like a hundred and so i'm like that really sounds like a small amount i wonder what that what that uh you know quantifier is and i had to look it up and if i find out that um a tail was a weight used in china and east asia a varying amount but fixed in china at 50 grams. There's a former Chinese monetary unit based on the value of a tail of standard silver. So, I mean, you know, it's not just a, a, a pretend phrase they made up to uh, give some type of credence to, uh, you know, the, the, the dirty doings they were, they were uh, undergoing throughout the film. It was actually, a, you know, a, a monetary, um, it was money. And I, I didn't know about Tail until I saw the movie, so that was kind of cool. Well, and what I'm, what I kind of wonder about this is because it's, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a unit of currency and weight, and it was they used it for external trade. And so, for those of you who are familiar with the Parable of the Talents, that also was a, a unit of weight and currency. And so, I'm wondering, with the similarity in the words, if they have the same original derivation, it would be weird given how they're different regions of the world. But I'm a language nerd, and so. Right, I this is fascinating. Like, I did not expect to get that deep into this, and I'm sitting here for an hour just, like, pouring over different websites trying to figure <laughs> out what that is. And it, I had to pause the movie for a moment. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun digging into it. Yeah.